don't know if you guys know about Be Real. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's a social media thing where they they give you an alert on your phone. You have two minutes to take a picture of what you're doing in that moment, and it takes a picture in the front and the back camera. So it's like a double sided thing. And I'm on there just because my friend Andy is on there, and he's like, "You should do this. It's fun. We can keep in touch or whatever." It's like, all right, I hate this, but I'm gonna do it. I do. But like I've Andy. taken. I do like Andy a lot, but it's just me and Andy and his wife are the only people that I know that are on there. And so I've taken this opportunity of being sequestered at my house to pretend that every time I get that alert, I'm taking a Mm. (laughs) So they've had different angles of me hiding the fact that I'm on the toilet. So every time I get an alert, I have less than two minutes to get in the bathroom and and come up with a new picture. Uh, It's one of my favorite gags that I've played in a long time. That's pretty good. That's pretty (laughs) good. Mm -hmm. Thanks, buddy. That's you gonna be real with me. Oh, Django. <laughs> that's why I wasn't complimenting anything because I knew that's where this was headed. Yeah, <laughs> Django, Django. Oh, Django. Welcome into the Comics Place Presents the Perfectly Acceptable Podcast, wherein four dear friends who run a comic shop together finally just kick back and ceremoniously let their hair down. Mm. Come away with us and let that hair down. Relax. This is a fun and comfortable space where we're going to talk about comic books and tangents. That's a reference to our old intro. I'm Jeff. That's right. I'm Django. I'm Roman. I'm Colette. That was great. Professional. No one stepped on each other. I'm almost, <laughs> almost wondering if like there's something either off or on about our timing tonight. Oh, only history will tell us that. Time will tell us. Timing will tell us. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, so, um, Colette. <gasps> Me. As the guest patron saint, um, I need you to fill time while I find our email from Will. <laughs> okay. Well, gosh, I hope you guys read a lot of books and uh, I did enjoyed mm. them because I uh, probably shouldn't be here because I was half asleep reading the few things that I read. Uh, Hello but and I happy love you episode all. 307. <laughs> uh, we guessed trick. last week was 306. Um, so I'm just going to officially decree this is episode 307, despite mm. any evidence to the contrary. Um Glad to have you guys back in the driver's seat. Had a lot of fun last week talking to Roman. Um, so thought I'd make it a quick one for you this week. With a couple of weeks off, I know you still read a bunch of comics. What is your favorite comic that you read over the last couple of weeks that you don't plan on talking about today? Thanks for the opportunity. Last week, turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. We love you, Will. Thank you for filling in for us. You are phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's so funny. <laughs> phenomenal. Like- all right we stepped all over each other got it made up for that intro let's got it so so i love the idea of us being able to remember anything we read over the last couple of weeks actually i bet i bet some people could i certainly can't because uh the weekly comics are just a total blur what i can tell you in the last couple of weeks i read was legends of the dark knight issues Ooh. what what are prey six through uh, ten 
six through ten, I think. Yeah. No. Yeah. Either that. Or eleven through fifteen. Eleven. It's eleven through fifteen because okay. Gothic is six through ten. You're right. You're right. So eleven through <clears> fifteen, <throat> uh, and the week before that, or two weeks before that, I read um, Legends of the Dark Knight, or uh, Venom, which is sixteen through twenty, and those are amazing Batman stories. They are incredible. I had never read either one of them, and I. I am I'm in love. I'm in love with that era of Batman from that series so far. Django's rounding up different arcs of that. But holy gosh, if you want good Batman stories, Django will get a bundle together for you. He'll Those, he'll do it. I mean, that's that was my introduction to Batman, was the first issue of that. Well, yeah, pretty much my introduction to Batman and as a collector. And it it's incredible. Blew me away. Yeah. It is incredible. Some of the <clears throat> Batman stuff I've read in a long, long time. What about you, cool cats and chameleons? I am only halfway through it because I ran out of time on the airplane, but mm-hmm. I read mm-hmm. Night Fever by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips at Jeff's suggestion. We got some advanced copies at Comics Pro a couple weeks ago, and holy cow, not only was it amazing just because it's Brubaker and Phillips, and like he's just got such an easy way of writing a uh, an adventure and somebody getting sucked into like a whirlpool of the underground, but it was it's it's about a guy who goes to a lot of conventions and deals with books and like it was so many things that we had just done that week at I comics was, pro i read it on the plane while drinking a glass of whiskey reading him on a plane drinking a glass of whiskey <laughs> on my way home from a book convention while he was on his way home from a book convention it yeah. was eerie and one yeah. of my favorite brubaker books i've read yeah oh who's gonna step on who now well, i don't I mean, Roman did last week. He had time to talk. About yeah, Roman's right? did it like a podcast refactory period. He was working while we were all off <clears throat> gallivanting. Yeah, he's a beast. He is a beast and a dog. I I've... oh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh. Roman's like, I know how to make sure no one steps on each other. I just won't talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, uh, I don't remember two weeks ago what came out or what I read because all I remember is missing you two um, and uh, being at the shop and uh, and also watching Comics Pro from a computer in my few minutes that I wasn't at the shop. Um, but last week, I read a single comic, and then I read it the next night, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was Human <clears throat> Target 12, and that's the uh, the only thing I could think of to mention. But uh, Did but you yeah, like I, that? We didn't talk about that on our way down to the convention, which we were going to. I loved it. Like I, three pages in, I started just like sobbing like a baby, and I cried most of the way through the issue. And uh, and then I read eleven again right before I read twelve. And uh, and then I the next I couldn't read anything else after that. And then the next night I uh, I sat down and I read it all again and cried a little less than the time (laughs) the night before. Still cried. Um, and just uh, yeah, that was super fucking satisfying to me. So, Roman, I bet uh, you read a billion comics. Do you? Well, you talked I, about it last week, though. Yeah. So I do have one that I forgot to talk about last week because it was in the living room, so it wasn't in my stack. And I, so I forgot about it. Um, Guardians uh, or Guardian of Fukushima, which was a uh, oh yeah, I get a graphic novel, but it's you know the band Destiny, the French Belgian uh, uh, style of graphic novel about a real guy that was. Uh, evacuated from the region, you know, after the Fukushima disaster. But then he went back because he, he was worried about his animals. He had a farm and he was worried about his animals. And then he stayed there because while he was there, he realized all these other people's pets and animals were just wandering around and they were all going to starve to death. 
So he stayed and apparently he's still alive and he's still there. And there's another guy that was never evacuated that never evacuated and he stayed there. So these two guys are living in the radiation zone of Fukushima since 2011, taking care of animals. Hmm. And apparently well, those two guys and their newly grown quatos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently, but, well, apparently the, the one guy he's, you know, he's doctors have checked him out. He keeps on getting examined and stuff. And he's the most irradiated person in the world, apparently, who's not sick. Wow. And, mm. the, and, the, and for some reason, they don't know why he isn't dead, but they've told him, well, considering your age, we expect the radiation will start really debilitating and killing you in like 30 to 40 years. But considering your age, you probably would have died around then anyway. So stay there, do it, even though it's illegal. I mean, the cops keep telling him you have to leave and he keeps saying, no, I can't. What are you going to come here. in here and get me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to, a, speaking of tangents, which we were talking about a little while ago, I listened to a radio show about a guy who was in Hiroshima when the bomb hit, survived, and then was like, oh, I got to go see my family and took the train to Nagasaki just in time to get bombed. Oh. <laughs> and he lived to be like old like 70s 80s 90s and had dozens of grandchildren and was healthy the whole time so like it's not it's not an automatic death sentence apparently but yeah shit i wouldn't some, want to take that chance yeah some folks according to websites about this guy i forget his name and yeah he's married and had a child since all this happened and it's like what what <laughs> it's just incredible I haven't checked out his blog and website and all that, but apparently he doesn't blog as much anymore because he's sick of all the publicity. Huh. Nice. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I love what what a person who's like, I'm going to listen to some comic book discussion. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we did start there, but it's like, man, I was watching this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we'd like to it welcome our our first time <laughs> listener. <laughs> hey, did you guys read Adventures of Superman John Kent number one by our friend of the podcast, Tom Taylor, huge proponent of the comics place in Bellingham, Washington? Naturally. Naturally. Yeah. Wait, so Django, you are going to read this Tom Taylor book. I did read it. Oh, OK. I opened it up and I read it. And it's good. There we go. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys read Clear? I was watching this documentary. Clear? It was uh, Scott Snyder. And... <laughs> I don't know if I have the ability to get the train on track tonight because I don't think I'm a part of the solution. I think I'm like a part of the problem. You're assuming tried... there is a problem, bud. I've always tried to hold myself apart from the you scalawags. So John Kent's turning blue. Um, sad, just sad like podcast. Just like our podcast. And yeah, turning, turning blue. <laughs> that means we curse. I thought you were talking about that side project, Turning Blue, that we started a while ago and I never kept up on. All right. <laughs> right. Hey, plug, I, I, Turning I still Blue. Gotta, yeah, I'm sorry. I still got to lay, lay down the vocals for that. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So when John was a kid, Ultraman kidnapped him and left him at the core of a planet for a long time and he couldn't get out and like just tortured the poor boy just sat yeah. sat him down there and he kept trying to jump up and he couldn't get out he was trapped trapped by all means in the middle of this planet like and, ultra douche am i right yeah he is a douche <laughs> for sure Django. and this this is a collision course of that character and uh john now i don't love that john got aged up no I would have loved young John stories, but 
I do think that like losing a lot of years to this heinous, heinous act is a pretty cool retcon way to have a deep history with the character that they haven't explored yet. And uh, that's a, a pretty effective way of giving him a huge foil. So I like that. It's interesting that it's taken this long for us to get John versus Ultraman. I agree. Uh, usually comics aren't this patient, although maybe it's maybe Bendis had a different plan when he did, he true. did that, right? Yeah, he 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 aged John up and like four years ago. <clears throat> good lord! Yeah, like that's a million years in comic book time, and for them to just now be getting around to having Ultraman is uh, that shows some restraint on everybody's part. It does. I don't think I was ever on record of liking the previous series of this character by this writer that much, but kept reading it. And uh, I liked this one a lot more. I don't know how to describe. I really, really like the art and I don't necessarily know why hmm. um, it's, I guess, kind of anime esque, kind of like Saturday morning cartoon, but not in a way that feels poorly done at all. Um, yeah, it just I, I really like it. The lines are bold. The faces are soft and friendly. Yeah, I like the art a lot. I wasn't sure who this guy was. Clayton Henry, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with his work. I I thought the art was okay, a little inconsistent for me. Yeah. There's there's some pages near the end where I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I'll I'll allow that to be Lois, but I barely believe it. Yeah. Um, but the the good panels are really really good. Um, it's like I'm, a I'm curious to see this guy's Joel Jones years. in some pages. There's some Nick Darrington in there. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I like the good ones a lot. And I love <laughs> a multiverse story. Uh, what did you what did you what did you two ragamuffs think of it? Colette, let's start with Colette. Oh, okay. Well, you um, had your I, hand up. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, my looking up, waiting to see if Roman opens his mouth. Um, his precious mouth. His precious darling mouth. <laughs> I, um, I liked it. I, I read the whole run leading up to this, and it got a little. It, I don't know. It felt like it was trying to go somewhere, and then it couldn't do anything that had broader implications. So it kind of got lost in the weeds mm-hmm. of stringing out a story that was going. Um, I don't know that one and this one. It always makes me want to read earlier John Kent stuff because I haven't really but I always am like I don't know that I would like it the way that I like Tom Taylor's uh John though because he's just it to me he's very much like everything that Superman is all the nobleness all the kindness all the love without like if you could even take more baggage off of Superman and just make this like kid that's just loving and got to learn from the most noble and kind person how to be noble and kind and somehow took it to another level and how genuine it is for him it doesn't feel trying and i just i'll read pretty much anything with him because he's just such a sweet and noble character and this was fun i don't know any of the stuff going on i don't know ultraman i don't know injustice but uh but it was oh yeah and this is coming to head with injustice as well and i haven't read injustice but i'm aware of it yeah that's like what this is called road to injustice so so that is let's all hold this up here road to injustice so that is the same injustice where the alternate reality where superman lois gets murdered and superman goes crazy and kills everyone yeah huh tom taylor wrote all those didn't he yeah Yeah. oh right yeah yeah and, and there's a good mechanism for like Ultraman is going to all the multiverses and killing Superman. And so it makes mm-hmm. sense that he would encounter those Elseworlds people. Yeah, that's pretty mind. cool. I love it. I love it. I didn't write my scores down this week. I'm <laughs> shooting from the hip like the old days. Oof. <laughs> cool. Cool. I really like this one, too, more than the previous uh, John Kent series, just because this had the multiverse thing in it and mm. brought back uh 
Val Zod, the you know Obama yeah. Superman character who has a great costume. It's just such it's a awesome great co- costume. And that Lois Red Tornado. Yeah, and brought in the the, the Earth Two characters from yeah. the latest Earth Two series. That was cool. And had very little of his boyfriend, who I'm sorry, I just don't care for. Yeah, but I like the interaction they had where John's able to be in in a secret identity and his boyfriend's not because he doesn't like he's not a Superman. He's just a dude. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, I yeah. That was yeah, a that, pretty cool bit. Yeah, that was cool. I just don't think he's a very interesting personality. I agree. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But I did as I read this, I was like, well, that's the first scene that I've kind of enjoyed of the two of them. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I I, th- I think I'm, you know, I, I like I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like pink hair. And that first panel with Ultraman blasting his heat vision and reducing a Superman to bones. That was pretty good. It was was good. I give it a hot and heavy nine. Hot and heavy nine. Yeah. Jeff gives it a nine. Hot and heavy. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. Sumptuous. Yeah, a sumptuous eight. I'm going to give it an electric blue eight. Oh. I'm going to give it a whirling, twirling tornado of an eight. That's a lot of eights and one nine. Pretty high score for a book. Someone take me deep <clears throat> into the throes of where they want to be. Well, I'd like to keep it in, in the superhero world. I love superheroes. That's a great idea. I think we should talk about Fantastic Four. But first, five. let's listen to this from Brian Garside. Ooh, good idea. <laughs> Brian Garside. It's me, Bear. I just wanted to say thank you for taking me to Pittsburgh. I had a real great time there. Thanks for letting me hang out with y'all and tag along on some of your adventures. I hope I didn't make anyone do anything they really didn't want to. Those old fashions can really sneak up on you. And hey, Jeff, congrats on your Jack Kirby comic. I think it's swell. Take care of those warm paws, boys. You may want to get that looked at. And I can say with all my bare confidence... You both smell terrific. Congratulations on all your success. Colette, wherever you are, I hope you recover from that weird hug I was witness to. Man, them Canadians is weird. That's all from Bear. Bye. (laughs) Oh, Bear. You rascal. Bear Um, Ryan. Oh, Bear. That was that was adorable. Um, I was just picturing him sort of like bear sitting there smoking, smoking a cigar and drinking scotch. And because that was like a sultry, that was a sultry bear. Mm-hmm. Hello, yeah. Brian. <laughs> um, all right. So Django, sorry. Uh, you were taking me in <clears throat> deep into your clutches. Fantastic Four by Ryan oh. North uh, with art by Ivan Fiorelli. One of those Italians probably. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this one, we just kind of keep following the Fantastic Four on their on their journey of exile. And uh, there's a, a group of evil supervillains that are blocking traffic and they cast a magic spell and do a thing that, that makes food not agree with the Fantastic Four. And then Ryan North gives us, through, uh, through Reed, Ryan North gives us like the most complex description of exactly what's going on. And I loved it. It made me kind of want to read Squirrel Girl. Um, basically, our uh, the the molecules of the Fantastic Four have been reversed, so they're reflections, and they're not compatible with food anymore. And uh, so the FF has to figure out how to get out of it. And Reed Reed does some crazy geometric shit in in the dark <laughs> dimension to get out of it. And um, yeah, like I just really like the way that that Ryan North is approaching this series. I think it's really interesting and and thoughtful and um the science is 
stupid and also like smart enough to be believable in it. Romanoid, what do you think? I agree. That it, great summation. Great. Summation. I love. Thanks, guys. I love the great uh, Ryan Norris. His use of science is like right up there with Mark Wade. I feel like in in with characters that are supposed to be genius scientific minds. It's so much fun. And visually, the what, what Reed does, I mean, with it's kind of like a Sephiroth or, or something. And it's just, it's very cool. I loved it very much. I love geometry. Colette, did you get fantastic? I did. I um, hated it. I didn't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I really liked the last one. So I was like, I guess I read Fantastic Four now. And this will be fun. And I, um, I was uh, kind of falling asleep while I was trying to read it. So that probably <laughs> uh, tainted a little bit of it. All, but also, I don't know. It just seemed kind of, uh, I mean, it's comics. They should be silly. They should be fun. But it just seemed, felt a little um, pointless, silly. I don't know. I just didn't, I, it didn't really work for me. I, I think it was my least favorite of the five. Um, see that? I still thought it was pretty good. But I, I, I'm having a hard time putting my finger on it. But I, there was a little bit, it, it, yeah, I don't know that it totally made sense. I mean, not that everything needs to, because again, you're right, comics. But I was like, okay, we're like, we're inside out, or we're up, we're upside down. I was having a hard time visualizing Reed fixing this situation by stretching so hard. Also, that's pretty cool, you know. But <laughs> but like, I do like yeah. the Flash being like, describe how your molecules are vibrating at the perfect frequency. You know, I like that, but. Uh, you know, he was like spinning really quick and making lots of angles, and I love a shape. Roman, what were you going to say? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. He was um, in the dark dimension, I, so you know, physics doesn't matter. Our ooh, physics doesn't matter. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. I didn't. I didn't mind so much the like the finding the solution and the science and all that. I just kind of get a little. I don't know. The like Nicholas Scratch has a vendetta against the Fantastic Four, so he happens to be stopping traffic on this freeway that they're in, like, this is the time that he's coming to uh, exact his revenge. It, it just felt kind of those, one of those trying to make something grand for filler issue. And the like that, not like this is the, the, the journey of the story and not the, but throwing in which feels like a doesn't feel like it has the gravity the the uh dialogue and the what's going on should i don't know i do kind of in every issue too like every issue has felt a little bit like that to me where it's like every issue has been kind of standalone one shoddy almost fillery but i like where it's building too i and i like that nature of it like i like the sort of saturday morning cartoon vibe of like we're four minutes into the episode and we got to have an inciting incident that's going to then cause us to have to do something that's going to resolve in 18 minutes. Um, like I, I liked that. I, I, and I love that, you know, Johnny's got a mustache and they're driving through the sun. Like I, I, you know, I like all that. I, I, yeah. I mean, for me to say also, it's like my least favorite of the five is, you know, I'm still probably going to give it like a heavy petting seven, a heavy petting seven. I'm going to give it, Oh, Oh, go ahead, Roman. Oh, sorry. I was just, I was just going to say, I started, started laughing. Cause I, I guess I didn't notice the, the chapter title when I was reading it, it's up to scratch because the, because the villain is Nicholas scratch. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know who Nicholas scratch was, but. Oh, I, and I, Oh man. And I dug that too. Cause these are Nicholas scratch and the Salem of seven. As far as I know, they only showed up in one issue of like Mar George Prez's run of FF in the seventies. So that's when I first started hmm. reading it. So I was like, Oh my God, I got to that page. I was like, Holy crap. It's them. It's been my, old friends. my old friend, Nick scratch. I'm going to give so it a much- uh, g- give it a time in the backseat of the car. Seven. Oh. <laughs> um, boy. 
eating burgers. I don't have I don't have I don't have something clever to add to my score. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a man. I really liked it. I'm gonna give it a nine. Oh, scratch, scratch, scratch those sevens. Yeah. Make it a nine. Yeah, Colette, they call where, that scratch scratch eyes. Colette, where are you? Where are you? Well, I think on the uh, on the long road trip to a ten, they mm. uh, they decided they'd found the right stop place to stop when they got to six and a half. All right, the perfect pit stop. <laughs> the perfect pit stop, guys. I somehow read like eleven books so far this week. I don't. I got home. And I was like, whoa! I didn't realize. I mean, like, I I scrapped scraped the bottom of a barrel. I think I didn't read that many books either. What? No, I mean, I sorry. I feel like oh, you I read, read a lot. Few. I mean, like oh. 11, 11 within two oh, days. Eleven, Jeff, oh, Jeff. Jeff, yeah. I read eleven books. Do you think it's they're the same ones? Holy shit! I, I bet, I bet they are. I bet they are. <laughs> I bet they are. Um. Well, so then the next obvious one that we are going to talk about because we have the same stack of book, Roman, is <laughs> uh, Monkey King number twelve. Somehow that. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. All right, Ro- wind him up and go, Roman. <laughs> I wonder which one you didn't read that I have. All right, well, yeah, talk about the Monkey what, Prince. What's... Is that the final issue of that? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Monkey. I always call him Monkey King. That's his dad. Uh, Monkey Prince, thank you, number 12. Yeah, it's the final issue. It even ends with, I, I hate it. It's, it's so cliched. It even ends unironically with the beginning. Dot, dot, oh, dot. <laughs> profound. Yes, pro something. Um. It was fun. It was a good wrap up. Uh, I, I've been digging this series and I like this issue too. Supergirl's in it. They have a kind of, it's a kind of a uh, little denouement to um, Lazarus planet because it involves King Red Bull and kind of just, he almost comes back, but they defeat him. Um, and we'll see more of the Monkey King. I'm sure. I sure hope so because I like him. And his son, the, the Monkey, Monkey Prince. Prince. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <You>. Monkey Prince. <laughs> uh, what we fight, Though we fight. Uh-oh. We do find out in this issue that um, he's not quite the son of the Monkey King. There oh, is a, no. I, I don't want to reveal it, but there is a relation, oh. but it's its oh. much more complex than, oh. you know. Oh, my God. Colette and I are reeling. Yes. yes. We are reeling. Yes. Uh, well, you give us the score <laughs> and then Colette's going to reel this oh. fish in. I'll give this one. Oh, what the hell? I'll give it a nine, too. I love this character. <gasps> and that, that oh. was number 12. That's the last issue. That's the last issue. Nice. The denouement. The denouement. Best beignets in the town. I don't like what you're doing mm, with your beignets. fingers, but the listeners can't see that, so I guess it's okay. It's an audio medium, Django. <laughs> Which is why my podcast, Boobs, never took off. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all that meat. I thought it was a great idea, and then... I realized it was an audio medium. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, look at these pink nose puppies. <laughs> wow. Look at that boob. <laughs> oh, we have fun though, but Colette, where are we going? We're going to the near future. Oh, are we going to get clear? I think, think Let's we're going to get clear, clear about Norman, you things. had to have read clear, right? We both Actually, read I was in the shop. And, well, yeah, we did, but I didn't read that one. I was in the Jesus. shop this afternoon and picked it up and thought, nah, it's too thick. So you're telling me that so of the 11 never. books that we read, nine of them are the same <laughs> and two of them are different. Yeah, I guess only nine, yeah. Wow. Still, pretty good hit ratio. Colette, yeah. clear some things up for us. 
Uh, well, Scott Snyder and uh, Francis Manipal, uh are doing a, a dystopian cyberpunk future-y thing. Uh, detective story. Um, you know, so I hated it. Venetian uh, <laughs> Um, So this is a world where we've stopped using computers. They're just in us, in us now. We can see the internet through our eyes and have all this control. But uh there's now these veils that everybody can pick out. So you have your own little like filters for the world. Um, like, you know, you're uh your Snapchatty, uh, let's put eyelashes on everything kind of thing, but you can pick out if you want the world to look like uh, a cartoon or uh, a zombie world or whatever. Um, but uh, but we've got a detective who uh, a private eye who uh sees the world clear. Yeah, Apparently you have to pay a bunch of money to be able to not have a filter on the world. Um and that sadly makes a lot of sense to me that that would be how <laughs> uh things would end up. Yeah. Um but you know in true Scott Snyder fashion it starts with a uh a woman walking up the Golden Gate Bridge and uh with uh some narration long narration about a, a joke some kids supposedly told the main character at one point um that's supposed to be a metaphor for everything going on um you know <laughs> when you gotta Snyder. stick the works for you just milk it um but uh <laughs> and she uh she jumps off the bridge but it turns out maybe she was murdered as and, we are uh, told by her watch that says i was, I was murdered, murdered. <laughs> they um, got me <laughs> Yeah, and then the second half of it, because this is one of his comicsology books that's now being printed, so it's two comics in one, um, is kind of the history of um, the war that kind of led to things getting to the place that it is and further on the investigation. And um, as much as I uh, get really creeped out thinking about futures like this, because it feels too possible and now that i have a small being that's gonna grow up in this world and i have to actually think about the consequences of long term um but yeah this was good this was cool it was a it was a clever different take on uh some well used tropes and yeah. story plots it's like 52 54 pages also which is quite a bit of good comic especially when it's francis manipole art who i love really you like manipole love that manipole i had no idea that that doesn't seem like you at all is that is that do I am I loud about liking Manipal? No, I just no, you do. I'm just giving you a hard time because I don't know what else to say about anything right now. And oh. I like to poke at you. Oh. I was I not. Sold. I can't physically poke. Django you. is not sold. I was not sold on this book for the for the first chunk, and then when they scrambled his brains and made him see everybody like all these different versions of the veils, and he's seeing like partly reality and partly ogres and partly you know wrote uh, wily e. coyote stuff um i thought that was really entertaining and i like the closest i could really compare it to is what, what was that book that uh, a vicious circle jh williams did well no, th that did it really well too but yeah. there was echo lands yeah that's yeah. what it was mm -hmm. um where that just had a whole bunch of characters that were drawn in different styles but yeah this was like a vicious circle except a lot of different ones within each panel rather than each panel being a different style and uh once that happened i was like okay i'm a lot more interested in what's going on here and then mm -hmm. it just turned into straight up crime shit and that is absolutely my wheelhouse and i enjoyed that part quite a bit um so i'm i'm in like with so many scott snyder things that aren't dark knight's metal i'm in <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I I similarly was not super, super in. I like actually read the first like 20 or so pages and then paused and went to work for the day and came back and read the rest that night and really in- enjoyed it by the end of it. Um, it did feel a little like kind of by the numbers, cyberpunky, you know, at the beginning. But I feel like the world was established well. The like real overt noir stuff was nice because it was like, oh, we're yeah. getting real noir and I guess I'm interested at this point how people can make those same tropes feel new if people do them. You know, I'm interested in that. So, um, yeah. yeah. And again, Manipal Art, real, real pretty. Mm-hmm. I like that they're putting these these comicsology books he did two out in double chunks. I feel like I have more of a chance right to get into this than yeah. I would if it was just the first chunk. I probably would have been still dealing with the bad taste in my mouth of the the bad long-winded joke narration with the punchline that i'm like i don't know that i'm not i'm not getting the punchline of this damn thing are they at the bottom of the ocean with the watch or, or is that a anyway mm. um i don't yeah but uh so thank i i'm grateful that they did the extra big because it um let me get over my uh the things that i don't like about scott snyder and enjoy the things that i do yeah i give it eight quapo Ooh. Quipo. Eight quipo from Jeffrey. I'm I'm gonna give it uh, maybe eight and a half quipo. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it nine. Nine? I'm gonna give it yeah. I'm gonna give it nine Rudy Redeebs. Oh, the Luxor of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> but but truly, eight and a half quipo. Nine. Eight and a half quipo. Good cyberpunk. Yeah, nine Rudy Rudibs. Yes. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast, try reversing that. See what it says. Oh, (laughs) it was a hidden joke. (laughs) I'm I'm just going to step in and give it a good eight and a half murder dames. Oh, not even a a quapo of a Rudy Rudib there. (laughs) No, no, no. 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 It's just, uh, you know, uh, eight murdered dames and a severed head. How's that? That's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Highly recommended. Get that comic. Highly recommended. Get that comic. On that note, Amazing Spider-Man number 21. You guys, we're 21 issues into a Spider-Man book, and I love it still. The last two issues were a fun departure. Terry Dodson art. Not a huge fan of the Dodsons, but we got some good date stuff between Pete and Felicia. And now we're exploring why Mary Jane and Peter are no longer together and why she's with the guy. She's got to adopt kids and all of this stuff. It's drawn by John Romita Jr. It looks so inconsistent. His faces are insane, but I love it. It is so good. And when you see Spider-Man in his costume, all I can say is sproing. That's what I've got. Roman, how did you enjoy exploring the space in between? Um, well, you know, I was going to ask you questions about it because I didn't. I have to admit, I didn't actually no read it. No. I flipped through it just to get just to no. get the gist of the story. No, yeah, you know, one year ago, I guess he no. fought some to- totemic guy with tattoos and stuff, some mystic dude, whatever. Yeah, I um, feel like I read in the Beyond <laughs> issues when this guy showed up because this happened. Oh, he in showed Beyond. up before. Yeah, in the Spencer oh. run, like like 897 or something like that or 879 it has a little note from you know continuity carl or whatever it is but um <laughs> yeah it was a, like this big flash of light shows up and then he shows up in the apartment with mary jane and him and then they 
did dropped it for like eight months and like oh, as okay. a previous writer <laughs> and stuff. So um, obviously they were seeding this at the time because I think they were like, like there was a team of them writing Spider-Man at that point. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Rotating. But um, yeah. So this guy shows up and I don't know what the fuck's going on with him. Like not not even not even like I don't know what's going on with him, but I mean like I have no idea uh, what is going on with him. Okay, but he does. <laughs> is he related to the web of life and all that? No, I don't think so. Um, okay, I don't think so. Uh, you get this Norse mythology bit that is going back. Well, it is tying back to issue five fifty five to five fifty seven from Look Back Low, where it's got these. That looks kind of like anyway, uh, referencing some things that have already happened. Um, but ultimately, the, the he sends Mary Jane and Peter to like some other reality. So I hope that what happened is those two had to get stuck in like another reality and some shit happened. And oh. and then they get taken back to our time or something. I hope that they've like lived more of a period of time than what they happen because i love when they do that with stories um and yeah yeah, it looks like they've been taken to some just like dragon ruined version of new york by the end so i'm glad that you also liked it roman and i'm glad that you love those romita pictures because i oh yeah yeah i think i think a wise man once said you know spring spring (laughs) check this out um there's some stuff going on and then we get One, one year <laughs> earlier. I like that. Yeah. Did it I scare did you? Oh, no, it didn't scare me, but I did hear. Is <laughs> 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 how that always sounds to me. Nine, nine, a hot and heavy nine. I got to go back nine, to that. What? A hot and heavy nine. Just a, just nine a or niner. Niner, niner. Couldn't Hands be finer. finer. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Roman? Huh? Yeah, uh, are you giving it a nine or nine or two? Well, I I didn't actually read it. I just kind of looked. You at weren't the listening pictures. to our conversation, were you? <laughs> no, I you wasn't didn't listen all. to us. Talk. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. can't listen when you talk about Amazing Spider-Man because I might read it someday. Right. Oh. You keep telling me it's good. I read Nightwing, and I'm glad I never listened to you guys talk about Nightwing. <laughs> I'm gonna go grab a drink while you guys do this. <laughs> Every time I gotta go get another beer while you guys talk about Nightwing. Get a beer and take a shit. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> won't it be exciting when when john kent and and dick grayson are like because it seems like they're setting them up to be have a friendship like you know i like that papa superman and papa batman isn't that cool um do i have another book it was kind of a week week uh small weeks for me it's it's like the small weeks that actually caused me to read like 11 books or something because i'll i'll be like i mean like i read like x23 deadly regenesis and New Mutants Lethal Legion, which are like books I wouldn't normally have read. Was that New Mutants Lethal Legion good? I didn't read it, but it was okay. terrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. It was bad. No, um, it was uh, it was on a par with um, Deadly Regenesis, which I think was bad. Colette, was that bad? It was pointless and like. Mm. I haven't read a ton of early Laura. Does she not ever use contractions? Because there is not, dude, it, it is like the most insanely written, but it, it's more than just her in that book, but there are no contractions. Like, no, and it's, you can combine words and it's better. It sounds like real people when you do that. I, yeah. I'm never really a fan of uh, books that are set like we're 
we need filler, so we're just gonna throw a random book out there that's said at some point in the past that yeah. uh, you won't realize that that's what you're getting unless you paid attention to solicits mm. or whatever. Um, like it was fine. It was just kind of forgettable, and like I don't even know. I haven't read enough early Laura stuff. I jumped in on loving her with that X Force run where she's just allowed to be just brutal and uh, with Wolverine. Um, it was fine. I don't know. It was very <laughs> like someone. It it was someone who's learning the ins and outs of writing a comic, and they're like, it was not bad, but it was not. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Did you read it also, Roman? How I felt. I, okay. Yeah, I, I picked it up today and read it. And, but yeah, I was kind of ticked because a few pages in, I was like, oh, I thought this was current Laura, you know, yeah. living around Krakoa. Mm-hmm. And and no, yeah, it's a filler thing from years ago, but I was in it. So I was like, well, I guess I'll finish. It'll be a quick read. But yeah, and I don't really care. <laughs> Erica Schultz wrote the Hollows Eve issue last week or the week before, and I liked that oh. pretty good. Which I, um, yeah, I like that. But this, I, 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 yeah, I was like, this, I think, is not well written. And that's how I felt about the New Mutants one as well. But also, I am just pretty out of touch with New Mutants. And I keep wanting to be on board with New Mutants. And it's just never, it never fits. It never works. Mm. I haven't read yeah. the Claremont St. Cabbage um, one. So, you know, I think it's found that's foundational. But I, it's, it's rarely that exact same people. So I, I can say that, uh, Traveling to Mars, number four. That's still a good oh. series. Oh, um, I don't, I, that's I don't one of my last say. ones I haven't read from this week. Oh, okay. Well, I won't. I don't have much to say about it, and I won't ruin anything. But there's a great thing with one of the robots in this issue, and it's touching, and and it's what just it's it just doing? great. Oh, um, it's, <laughs> it's so human about this little room. robot. Um, hey, Andrew sent us a question. Oh, cool, hey, Andrew. Hey, I like Carlson. that person. Thoughts. Love, love them. Pretend you're putting together a panel for a fictional Comic Con. What three to five people from the comic book world would you get together, and what topic would you have them discuss? Could be writers, artists, editors, letters, anybody living or dead. I gotta go get a beer and take a shit. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be back. <laughs> Man, I uh, I like to plug and boast about it, but I go. I went to that Morrison Con thing, and yeah. that was like some of it was like really close to that. It was like Frank Quitely, Grant Morrison, Jonathan Hickman, J. Williams the third up there talking about like relating storybook writing to like splitting an atom. Um like but like there was <laughs> Jason Aaron. Like it was just they were all that was that was fucking awesome. I if I could uh do it, I would do Grant Morrison, uh Frank Quitely, Jonathan Hickman, um Jack Kirby and I don't know, Darwin Cook just for fun. Just Ooh. to get a real solid balance of things. Man, I'm just going to stay consistent, and I'm going to say um, Kyle Baker, Bill Sienkiewicz, and Howard Chaikin mm. talking about politics. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, oh, awesome. be awesome. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think they're all on the same team. Yeah. But yeah. I would just love to see them, you know. Or just the good old days. I would love for the three of oh, them yeah. talking about comic books in the 60s. Just like making the shadow 70s. and yeah. making the shadow and making the shadow. That'd be super yeah. cool. <laughs> What about you two kids? I mean, go first. I, I, mean, I want to get a portrait done of the four of us where it's like Django and I is the mom and dad and you two are like the kids, like, you know, Colette's like the jock, you know, and Roman's like the, the art student or something. Cool. Cool. I like that. Um, I would like a panel that's Joelle Jones and Tula Lote 
and Jenny Frizen. Just finger blasting. Uh, and then and they would <laughs> all be talking about why they're my best friend and mm. how fun it is for us to hang out. And <laughs> um, uh, yeah, why uh, all the commissions they've made me are the best. And, and how um, much they love working on commissions for you. And mm-hmm, like they why also they don't do the best erotic them. art. And I love yeah. it. Okay, if you had to swap one of them out for Schmalky at his meanest, which what, what would it be? Was Schmalky mean to you? No, he wasn't mean at all, but like you can tell that his comics are so mean. So like I'd like to see those three with Schmalky being a giant dick like some of his characters are, uh, moderating the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be um, good. Yeah. Thank you for letting me just do something stupid because these questions always break my brain about anything actually smart or rational or interesting to say. Roman, who are you paneling? Um, Jim Lee, <laughs> Jay Lee, not, not, oh, oh, not, 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 not Stanley, uh, <laughs> not Bizarro Roman, geez, <laughs> and Christopher Lee. <laughs> no, uh, uh, Jack Kirby, Grant Morrison, George Perez, and Mark Wade, just talking about the imagination and, and creating worlds. That would be good, that'd be fun. That's the yeah, one, that would be good. Those right are the ones. Yeah, man, um, I'm so glad that people are are writing in. Me too. I'm super, super grateful. Mm-hmm. I know that it makes people a little uncomfortable to do, but we genuinely, genuinely love it. Roman, did you read the second issue of Silver Surfer Ghostlight, and did you like it as much of the as the first one? Yeah, uh, yes, and yes. Okay, okay, okay. The, the end. <laughs> I mean, this issue that we got, we the stranger is introduced, and he's one of those Marvel cosmic goofballs that is pretty goofy, but I like him. <laughs> And look at his weird must. He's got like a double mustache. I mean, what yeah. the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, I love the explanation for him. Like he is. Yeah, that he's he's, he's kind of like a, a single being composed of an entire population from a planet called Gigantus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's like Mangog, except not angry. <laughs> yeah, but he's or like Magog, I mean, the technology is like failing, and and so he's like. The id and you know, the balance of his psyche is is no longer in check. So he's like kind of emotionally bipolar all over the place. And uh, yeah, that's a that's a cool that's a new character to me. I was like, am I going to read this? You know, and I flipped it open. I was like, oh, I, I do love this art. Like, I, what, I, yeah, it's uh, Valent Valentine Delandro. Yeah, reminds me kind well, of I haven't heard of John Paul Leon or something. I wasn't paying attention. What are yeah. we talking about? Silver Surfer Ghostlight number two. I know, I know. Oh. Um, but I will um, say that there is, uh, there is, there is a double page spread that is the most font of the week huh. of the month. Um, they good yeah, font? They really figured. I mean, yeah, they really like. Okay, let's get a whole bunch of exposition in these two there, pages. How are we going to do it? My one complaint would be there is a tremendous amount of exposition in this that was not in the first issue. The first one, I remember really liking, right. jumping in and just sort of spending time with his family and really caring about all the people by the end of the issue. And this is like, I'm going to explain all of the history that you need to know for this character, and then a whole bunch of foundational stuff, and then I'm going to explain a bunch of theoretical stuff, like science stuff that's happened since then. So it it was pretty dry, and then it would kind of like balance to some action sequences near the end. But like the the middle chunk of this book was was uh, very, I, I I would say I don't want to say laborious, but something something akin. <laughs> you you can say laborious when I turn the page and got to those pages i i did a 
kind of a resigned intake of breath. Like, okay, here we go. I hope yeah. this is only these two pages. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually was reading this last night before bed and I got to that page and I was like, nope. And I went to bed and then today I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> like, For Roman, a fan of Squirrel Girl, to be intimidated by a lot of text says something. Yeah, I wasn't just full of shit, Django. I understand that there's a conception about yeah. me and wordiness in comics. I mean, no, no, yeah. It, and it's, it was just a so conception. unexpected. I mean, I mean, you expect that in Squirrel Girl. I didn't expect it in, in Ghostlight. So yeah. Yeah. that yeah. added to the to the laboriousness. But was it good it. text? Was it interesting? Did it was, it drive it, the story forward. I thought it, I thought it was interesting. It drove the story forward. It was pretty dry. I mean, it it's Al. I forgot his name. Al Harper. It's Al, the character narrating it because he's telling it to his family to explain how come he's not dead mm. and where he's been. Um, but it was pretty dry because it didn't it didn't sound quite natural sometimes, like somebody speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded like you know narrating plot points. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So foundation, but it was for cool information. Yeah. And cool information. Yeah. But, um, I think yeah. more experienced writers, cause I, I think that we learned that this is their first comic series they've been doing. Um, I think more experienced writers have a, a fluidity with conveying that information that isn't Something, literally yeah. taking a 50, 50 year veteran going, okay to get through like that's <laughs> there's got the stranger I, and the silver surfer i'm gonna yeah, read it yeah. <laughs> i heard a thing on a podcast where they were talking about how like it's a big adjustment for writers to cut their words back and like comics barely have any words in them at all and that's a hard thing for people to understand like how do we how do we take these three sentences and turn them into one short sentence that fits in a word balloon i think that's the and primary I've never reason. really noticed that Oh, that's mm. uh, that's I feel like what we've been talking about for years of why when novelists come to comics, it's always that's that transition of like, you don't have to trust an artist because you use words in a novel. And so, yeah, like, you need to trust an artist and reduce those words and rely on images to provide a bunch of contextual information. Yeah, but this was even this was even like the dialogue in a novel has to be totally different than the dialogue in it, like a comic has to be much more efficient to say the same thing, even if it's not something you can trust the artist to do. And I'd never really thought of it from that perspective. Like even when the artist can't compensate, you have to be sparse I or not think. like this. No, I mean like, yeah, I, that's, yeah, yeah, totally. I think that um, was one of the prob That was the problem with um, uh, Walter Mosley's the thing recent series. Cause he's a great crime writer um, novelist. I was excited for his thing series, but yeah, it had that problem of, you yeah. know, being a novelist who all of a sudden was writing his first comic and a great character. And it just didn't quite gel as well as I expected it to. Yeah. Um, you guys got scores. Yeah. I can't remember the last oh. point I had about this. Oh, was oh I was going to say that in response to what you were saying, like, I, I think we've kind of also like detrimentally swung in the opposite direction, like referencing those legends of the dark Knight issues. Like right. those are like, they take me, about 25% longer to read, They're but novels. it's awesome. Like it doesn't, yeah. it's like the amount of information conveyed in a page. There is a ton of, but there's also a lot of visual information that you're taking in. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I can't again, like put a finger on it, but it really is a different vibe and they did it just so well. Uh, they they yeah. were very, very text heavy books. Cause, and there were a lot of pages and they were getting, I think more story across. Like these are very decompressed, but yeah. There's a difference between packing 
using a lot of dialogue and uh, to convey a lot of story and a lot of context and a lot of um, moving the forward uh, story forward and a lot, including a lot, as opposed to taking a lot of dialogue to explain a short section of the story. And, and those legends, they're so stylized. Like mm-hmm. the narration is like, when it is very wordy, it also is like stylized and it feels like it's adding to the atmosphere of the whole thing. They were once a month, not once every other week like comics are now. Yeah. They they had a different way of doing the craft. And they were probably still mailing the original art back and forth to get lettered too, which, yeah, such a different world back then. Yeah, I, it's 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 hard to quantify the difference in how these are you know conveyed and told and you know even conceptualized from the creative standpoint uh you know now versus then it's it's it, it, they're in an interesting spot right now it's a very different in like uh intention yeah um did you guys read blood tree number two it did but did you have a score for uh, oh yeah sorry just yeah about? yeah Roman, what was your score for it uh eight and a half i'm gonna give it a gigantic seven and a half gigantic yeah like that, is that a Silver Surfer joke? Uh, yeah, like space. That's like a, a stranger giant, joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he's big. He's big. <laughs> yeah, gi- gigantic seven and a half. What did you think of Blood Tree, Django? It was fine. I yeah, want. Like, I want. I like Tomasi's Superman stuff more than I like this so far. Um, the the characters don't seem super consistent, and I don't believe what's going on for the most part. Um, I like every page, but I don't think that the pages go well together. Um, and this should be right up my alley. So. Yeah, it was fun. I like, I like the. I definitely like the first issue more than this. I like the mystery of the first issue more than being kind of told who the murderer is and having yeah. a lot of stuff given away. There's a, like less interest in the whole thing for me. Um, but I do like the art. Like it is relatively rough and inconsistent, but it also has that kind of like chew vibe where like it's just an interesting art style for totally. the grimness of the tone. And uh, I do like you know. The murderous stuff. I like the I like the the gritty stuff in here. But yeah, it's it's a little. At least they go to a Holiday Inn Express. Like clearly a Holiday Inn Express. I like that. Yeah, and I you know I I think it's close, and I can't quite tell if it's the art or the the story that is not ringing true for me. Um, because I do like the art, but I don't think that it always matches the emotions that we're seeing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's a it's a weird book. I'm gonna keep reading it because. I'm invested enough at this point, but um, for someone as good as Tomasi, I would have expected a book that that would knock it out of the park for me every time. Yeah. I'm going to give it a very hot housed 6.5. Ooh, a 6.5. I'm going to give it um, just a a 7.0 on the vine. Oh, I wouldn't mind plucking that off and adding a dash of salt on this summer day. (laughs) Colette, take me away. Take me away. Oh, fuck. Um, That's what you get, <laughs> bitch. I guess Batman 133. Oh, Batman. I read this and two thirds of another comic. So, uh, <laughs> Did you read Batman this week? I did read Batman this week. <sighs> I haven't, uh, I've not been reading Batman. I keep meaning to. (laughs) This is probably Um, a confusing place to drop in. Yeah. uh, The last time I dropped in too on Batman was a really confusing place to drop in. And I really um, need to stop doing that. Uh, 
I almost put it down and then I got like one page further and it made clear that um, Batman is in a alternate universe and yeah. um, wearing some dumbass looking cowl. Uh, yeah. And uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I read it. I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't like this Selena. I was really relieved when I, I found out that she's not the normal, that she's a different universe one. Um, and uh, yeah, someone else talk about it because I don't, I, I shouldn't. I, I think my on. love of alternate realities meeting normal realities is widely known. <laughs> I I like it. I like that stuff. I like being like, ooh, there's the Riddler. And you can tell because he's got a giant red question mark on his face. And I is like the there's Flash. A oh, is it? The Doctor? The... Is the Doctor the Flash? Um, the oh, that's a smart doctor. idea. The red mask the, guy. The red mask guy who's moving with red lightning all around him, super fast and punching Selena. Oh, the the guy who uses the name The Mask. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, like I wondered Flash. about that. Yeah, so, that didn't occur yeah, to me, he must, but that's cool. Some kind of speedster. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I like Two Face on Bendham. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. What did yeah. you guys think of? I the... guess he's. Just... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say. Classic. I guess he's not Two Face. He's he's Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you guys think of the the conversation between Bruce and Albert? Al- Alfred. Albert. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I like I like the idea of Alfred's being kind of a universally constant uh, positive force in Bruce's life. You know, like for him to yeah. be able to say like. I am a good man because I was raised by an Alfred is yeah. is a powerful sentiment that I think I like that they're adding continuity to that. Yeah, that was a cool little moment. Can you believe that we're still living in a DC universe where there's no Alfred? What <laughs> like if they bring great. this one back? That wouldn't be so bad. And we, we find out that it. his middle and last name are E. Newman. Oh, and then it's Batman and Alfred E. Newman. Oh, I would take it. Does he? Look I mean, like I just. I just want to see that variant cover where Bat- by quietly where Batman just like shrugging going, what, me worry? <laughs> oh, you had me at quietly. Oh, I'll tell uh, you what I'm also excited about is this Batman One Bad Day, Raz al Ghul by Tom Taylor and Ivan Rice. Yeah, that's that should be good. So I doubt it's going to be good as Clayface. You know, I like this alternate oh. Batman, but my favorite thing about his costume, you know what it is? Is the it holes the deep, in his helmet that keep changing? V of it? The whole, yeah, it, no, it's the holes in the helmet because he's like got a bowling ball helmet, and I love it. Oh, it's he's got spikes coming out of him in the first scene, and then not in, not later on. Oh, well, maybe they're not oh, spikes. Maybe it's just weird shadows. Nope, I'm an idiot. No, it you're not an hair. idiot. I know exactly what you're talking about, Django. I saw that when he's like diving, and it looks okay. Like his, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'd be cool if he had spikes that were tra- retractable. He spends so fun. much time on gargoyles in the rain. His head's going to get wet, man. Yeah. His makeup's going to run. <laughs> He's got to think longer. I didn't like him. this issue. I didn't like it. I I, I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I, didn't like it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do that. I, I, I'm not going to do yeah. that. Yeah. Actually, my favorite thing about it is the Arkham yeah. Caves on the last page of the story. That was good. The Arkham Caves was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why like did this universe take dumb pills to make the Riddler look like that? <laughs> I'm can, I'm 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 interested in what this universe is. Like is it just a multiverse? I ho- I hope it's not just another reality. I hope it's like, you know, the embodiment of uh Gotham without Batman mm. for Bruce to be able to have like filled that void and get a sense of like some something. Like something. why did he get sent here by failsafe? Like again, I I like being like, "Oh, it's there and he's Bane and, and two-face and the same i love it you know i like that stuff i like the guessing but yeah like 
Um, I would like, is this part three? I think I, so. Yeah. I wish it was part five, you know, yeah. or at least part four. I yeah. wish that we were like closer to the end of what this is. Um, Are you guys than... reading the backups? I am. Okay. Yep. They're, yep. they're pretty important. Yeah. For a change. Um, I didn't like this one as much as the second issues one. Mm-mm. No, but it's it, oh. it, Tim Tim Drake on a on a quest to bring Batman back through Ant Man costumes or whatever the fuck he's wearing is pretty interesting. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I also like that uh, in Adventures of John Kent. In order for that other Superman to ensure that John trusted him, he's like, "I'll take him to my friend, Mister Terrific. He'll vouch for me." And then Mister Terrific vouched for him. I was like, "That was rad." Yeah. Yeah, I do get excited anytime I see Mr. Terrific and now I see him on the last page that I didn't read of this backup. Ooh, what yay. what was our score for Batman? I wanna give it seven and a half yes. I wanna give it uh I'm gonna give it eight. Okay. Okay, I gotta do some code to make the website track that, but mm-hmm. I I'll, I'll make a bug report. <laughs> Give it a seven. Yeah. Uh, so it's being a little generous. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt that if I had been reading any of it to this point, I would the have maybe liked it better. better. I think you might have liked it better. <laughs> <laughs> Roman's going to give it some number of bowling ball helmet holes or something like that, probably. Yeah, I'll give it a yeah, seven. I, I do like the way the mask if he super speed, whatever he's doing, I like the way that's drawn. He's got cool yeah. speed effects or misty effects or whatever it is. That, yeah. uh, that flash pull is a good pull. I didn't think about that. Although I'll be honest, I kind of would prefer if it's just Gotham characters, you know, cause if it's flash, I'm like, all right, where are we drawing the line? You know, mm-hmm. which when, when are we going to see this reality is Superman or this, this reality is blue beetle or some fucking other character. I don't care. I want Batman characters. <laughs> Batman thing. All right. All right. Stick with me here. Okay. All right, Let's I'll say go. Batman didn't exist and Gotham sucked this much. Okay. Don't you think Superman would protect Gotham and Metropolis to some extent and we wouldn't need a Batman? I think if Batman died, that would be a great thing that like then Superman protected both cities and Ian Lois had to get a divorce and John started to resent his father because he was so busy protecting two cities, but it was like what Clark needed to do for his best friend. Man, this is the shittiest way to transition into an email from James Burke. Um, That's a real downer. <laughs> well, let's let James Berg bring us back up. All right. Hey there, I'm glad crew. glad that you found the email. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, I found it. Hi there, crew. I heard the call out putting me on notice for not writing. Hence yeah, the subject we, of I, this email. I think I... Did we call him out by name? I think so. And the wow. email subject line is Hollaback. Hollaback, Berg. <laughs> and I will never forgive you for making me use such dated and dumb vernacular. Mm. Um, <laughs> listen, I think... I sealed the deal with Erica when I when she found out that I had a record single of uh, bananas, B A N A N A S. Oh, weird. Okay. Uh, anyway, I just wrote what is destined to be a bestseller to the Eisner folks about what the store has going for it. Oh, yeah. The abridged version is just a list of you all and the store's employees. So that's really nice. Oh, jeez, sweet. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for everything you've done for and to our comics community and Bellingham in general. Well, that's God. He's crediting us with some strange things there, but I love that guy. Also, we got to get him to talk about original art with us on the podcast or something. One of those oh, days. yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's, he's the most knowledgeable person I know about original art. If anybody can make a visual medium work on a podcast, it's James. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's that's yeah. like looping back to your boobs my, podcast. The joke. boob podcast. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna get I think I think listeners are gonna perk up. <laughs> uh James James Burke continues. Oh man, he's not gonna be able to play this for any kids. Uh, <laughs> so to walk in the shadow of the mighty Will Elmer, I have oh. a question for y'all. <laughs> and it's more than one question. I so love buckle it. up, everybody. Favorite Bronze Age title and why? Okay. Is there a particular run or arc on that title that made it stand out? This is a good question. Bronze Age. Oh, hey, Siri. Um, I think we should probably start with Roman on this, right? As because yep. oh. he is the Bronze Age embodied. Yep. Oh, so, so many to choose from. Ah. Uh, I don't understand. Shut well, up, Siri. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. That's the problem. Um I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Oh man, I'm gonna go with my classic answer. I go always go back to it. The FF run, and I can't. I can never remember the writer, but the artist was George Perez, and it's where I first saw his artwork in the seventies, Bronze Age, and it introduced me to all sorts of things like the Collector and and the Two Gun Kid, and just all this crazy stuff. Nice. I suddenly can't think of a single Bronze Age comic that I've ever read. Uh, Um, I know that's not true, but I have read. I know, I know a uh, Bronze Age comic that I wish that I had read and What's been that? into is X Men, um, but I, that that one just kind of passed me by. I didn't get into that until they printed seven million copies of X Men number one by Jim Lee. <laughs> oh, I know uh, a Bronze Age comic you read, probably a that? series you read, The Shadow. Yeah, that was pretty good with the uh, Michael Kaluta. Um, yeah, let's let's just keep banging that gong for me. <laughs> 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 I I would I would say that era of Spider-Man is like my favorite. Oh yeah, that's really like yeah, uh, those Ramita covers like that's like, you know, early-ish 100s to like 200s of Spider-Man. I think it's fucking some of the coolest stuff out there. And then we got Jack Kirby's Fourth World is is in there. Oh, yeah, those yeah. Miracle Man covers are so good. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Miracle, Miracle covers are, good are so good. <laughs> <laughs> um colette have you ever read any uh any green lantern from that the green arrow green lantern from that time period or anything oh yeah you, you got the uh, i've the collected some of it i yeah, haven't that's... read it um yeah i really love when these questions uh make it glaringly painful to me the gaps in my um comic history i uh yeah i haven't really read much of any bronze stuff i mean i probably have and i'm just spacing on what well i mean is, what is bronze but... if not just a worse gold right yeah yeah why yeah. waste your time it's like it's, it's... frank miller's daredevil was bronze age you know yeah. like what that's... x-men was happening at that time it's like the 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 new x-men introduced you know colossus and storm okay and all so that, that would have been like, like bronze 94 age on the, the good x-men starting there yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling dumb and spacey and I can't think of anything. So I'm just gonna go with that. I, um, I don't know. I just brought home both of the absolute fourth worlds. If those, yeah, count, get those. Then I'm, I'm excited because I'm about to be reading those. Um, uh, there's, well, let's there's not plenty, let, plenty more yeah, questions here. Yeah, let's yeah. not let Cliff find yeah, yeah. more questions. And I would say, Roman, I'm a little surprised you didn't choose Howard the Duck, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll keep going. Oh, favorite, ah, well, that is another one. Yeah. Favorite, that I love. Green character in comics. Oh, oh. this is a good question. <laughs> I got mine already. Yeah, already. I got mine. Yeah. Is yours ambush bug? Ooh, <laughs> you just you just made it a harder choice for me. I was oh. gonna say um, uh, the inoculator from Andy Helfer and Kyle Baker's Shadow. Run. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I know mine. <laughs> but ambush bug is pretty good too, buddy. It is. Yeah. 
Mine's actually mine is almost a tie, but there is a. I mean, I guess yeah. Mine's Green Goblin. Duh. Oh yeah. And mm. then you know Match. I'm not sure if suits count, but Doctor Octopus is up there as well. Oh, oh yeah, he's Sweet. he's green. Nice, yeah. nice choice. Yeah. Roman, I what like do you got? This. Oh, oh wait, never Definitely. mind. Why are we even yeah. talking? Yeah. About yeah. This? <laughs> <laughs> he also loves green women. Uh, so yeah, if if it was not comic books, who would your favorite one be? From the Bronze Age? No, 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 no from but not comics. comics. <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, see, it used to be it would be the Orion Slave Girl, but now we got the actual She-Hulk, Jen mm-hmm. Walters live action. Okay, okay. Who's who? I can't remember the name of the actress. <laughs> Forgot when that show came out. Roman was packing a fist for like four and a half weeks. Went <laughs> <laughs> from a badger loaf to a burrow yes. loaf. Ooh, I love a Joe Burrow reference. <laughs> um, Colette, what about you for Green People? Why do I hear these questions and everything I've ever known leaves my brain? You guys, it's um, funny because, again, y'all can't hear it, but she's like just looking frantically looking around her house for like, <laughs> what's a Bronze Age thing? Who's green? I don't know. God, I just, uh, Googling green people. What? <laughs> I'm always mad at this shit to start with, and that it's been such a long couple weeks. Who's that uh, character who's... that you love so much in X-Men? Polaris? Banshee? She's fine. She's great. Oh, sure, I'll go with her. I don't know. Sure. Glut loves Polaris. Yeah, I, I love that Storanko cover. Oh, is that Nick Fury run count as bronze or is that late silver? That's we'll bronze, count it as right? bronze. Sure. Yeah, it's bronze. That one. Bronze. There we nice. go. That's the bronze that I know and I've read. Um, yeah. Now for the green. You're doing good. You're doing good. No. How have I forgotten every character in this green? Listen, we'll we'll circle back to it. I got I got a real easy one here for everybody. G- gimme, dude, gimme. All right, which titles do you recommend for fans of Neil Gaiman's Sandman? And if you have different answers, you should arm wrestle so that we know whose opinion is best or strongest. We're not going to do that last part, James, because Roman's badger arms will beat us all, if you know what I mean. Roman yeah. smash. Um, <laughs> recommendation for Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Hmm. I mean, my initial thought is the the Neil Gaiman books of magic that four issue run Mm -hmm. and then the first dozen or so issues of the follow-up ongoing series were excellent 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 comics Um, and it might have continued being excellent but I've never collected the rest of them so I haven't read them yet god that's an excellent answer I think I think that was that blew me away there's uh, it was it was four different amazing painters doing 64 page specials and John Constantine was in there and the end of time was in there and Mr. E was in there and Constantine coined the term, the trench coat brigade for all those magic guys <laughs> that wear trench coats and walk around in midair. Um, and Tim Hunter was just a super relatable character at the time that I read it. He's, he's basically Harry Potter without the scar. Um, super, super good series. Yeah. I would have to do a little bit of extra probing, but uh, I would, uh, arms the invisibles <laughs> is kind of up there. Oh, yeah. um, like with the intricacy and the, the, and the kind the of lore. embodiments of ideas and yeah. uh, and then also uh, I'm going to say Grant Morrison's Animal Man. But I consider Grant Morrison and Neil Gaiman to be pretty similar writers in a lot of regards in terms of a lot of the ideas that I think that they're trying to access in their storytelling. And I think they also are similarly well read and draw from like a lot of historical stories in order yeah. to write their comic their funny book Lux Mentallo as well I would put in there. Yeah. Roman, what do you got? Let's let's oh, let's give Colette uh, a second to keep going. So we'll sure. we'll move on to Roman here. I really wish I wasn't on this episode right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good bit now. I'm glad that yeah. you are. Yeah. I'm glad you're yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am too. 
Um, well, God, I wish I'd said your your answer, Django. Um, but instead, I'll go with. Um, I mean, you can, uh, Pete, Peter. Well, that was an excellent answer, but I want uh, and yeah, I totally agree with that. But I'll but I'll add in. Um, they're both more of a horror bent, but Alan Moore's Swamp Thing and Peter Milligan's Shade the Changing Man. Mm. Nice. Both good answers. Yeah, that kind of era of Vertigo, I guess I was associating yeah. all together, you know? The yeah. Hellblazers yeah. and the Morrison stuff. Uh, Hellblazer is a great one to, to transition yeah. to also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you? What's your go-to? <laughs> Well, I maybe still haven't read Sandman. Who's finished Sandman? No, I haven't started it. Yeah, you. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah. Uh, can I answer a green person now? Yeah, yes. who's, yeah. who's your green? I, uh, who's your green guy? I can see you looking at you your phone. When you can't think of a good answer, you say Savage Dragon. Oh, so oh it's a good that. answer. You know, this, this, it's a good answer. Why not? And good well, answer. Hometown, um, hometown Bellingham yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I did have someone yes the other day who, younger person, read Sandman mostly because they liked the show and they wanted different stuff. And I ended up, uh, based on some other interests, I recommended them Die and uh-huh. Fables. And oh, yeah. actually a lot of Karen Gillan, like Once in Future and huh. some different stuff for like... Yeah. Someone who was really into the show and liked the comic, but wants something kind of in between. That was kind of where we we went with some of it. And then like, yeah. Fables is the best of all those recommendations, I think. Yeah, those are great answers. Yeah. And we don't have to arm wrestle because we all had different answers. What's the next question? Well, if you were an editor at DC, Jeff, Mm -hmm. Roman and Colette and me, what would you change about what they're doing right now? Hmm. Or Marvel or other publishers. So what would you change at, at some publisher right now? Can you make some unique fucking names for things? Whoa. All right. Colette is on that one. Have you been yeah. thinking about this? Has been on your mind? <laughs> do you mean you, don't, you like, do you want it to be the advantages of Superboy? No, like, can we what, not what, have a, can we have something that's not a crisis on some sort of earth oh, of okay. infinite something or others? Or three or, Wolverines or, yeah, or Superman. So, so right. if you were to extrapolate that out, would you say, maybe lean into nostalgia just a little bit less or, or is it specifically in the your namings? titling? Okay. That's just my initial, yeah. like as someone who sells the ship and has to look it up and has to explain it to people, why Our this series from Infinite three Earth. years ago is not the same as this one that came out a year mm-hmm. ago. And um, that I had an answer. <laughs> I'm going to stick with DC. Like we, we can do any publisher, but for DC, I would say I'd, I'd like to see them tighten up the continuity real tight. And like, give us Elseworlds, be very clear that they're Elseworlds and tighten everything up so that at 3 p.m., if Superman's in New York, he's not also in California, Um, like Valiant, 80s or 90s Valiant style tight continuity. Uh, We have computers. We can have databases of this, guys. Just (laughs) do it. I would say uh, almost kind of similarly, like DC and Marvel, like leaning more into the content, like the history of the continuity of these stories that you're telling instead of like trying to create a bunch of new IPs or big stories that are going to like change everything. Like, you know, go back to a, a more classic age of, and, and like kind of and steep itself in a lot of the, the wonderful history that these, these stories have rather than mm-hmm. um, trying to reinvent the wheel right now in a way that's not really reinventing the wheel. Roman, it's you. And then we have I, one final question from James Burke. I echo, I pretty much echo all of those. Um, tightening up the continuity. I mean, I'm, <sighs> 
I mean, I just, I just hate seeing this newest thing from DC, the new little, it's not a banner, so it's not as intrusive, but I guess it is a banner, the dawn of DC. I'm like, oh, come on, let's knock it <laughs> off. We have the dawn of DC, you know, in the, what, the 60s or the gold age. I mean, we don't need any more. Um, tighten up the continuity and get, and I know it's marketing, blah, 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 but just keep to the legacy numbering. I don't yeah. want any more. I don't want new. Mm-hmm. I don't want a new number one every. <laughs> it's not even Kenny saying every year anymore. Every a bunch of fucking months. comic retailers like preach, brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Snaps, yeah. Plus, and and we know they're just gonna go back. Oh, it's issue seven hundred next month. All of a sudden, seven hundred. Oh, how exciting! Oh, back to issue three. I do like <laughs> that. Amazing Spider-Man has a legacy numbering on it. Yeah, yeah. At least they've got the legacy numbering like when they, in addition when they to it. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, we're coming into the home stretch here. Okay. Bring this is my home, favorite Daddy. question. Okay. This is my favorite question. <laughs> what kind of music do you think Batman listens to? Mm. He's obviously not a music guy like, say, Superman, Booster Gold, or Donna Troy are. I think that Batman is so out of touch with that type of humanity that he thinks he actually thinks that people like uh, like smooth coffee shop jazz that you'd hear in Starbucks. <laughs> so like he he listens to it trying to make himself like it. And like when somebody's in the car, he's like, oh, I got tunes. And he like puts he puts like Kenny G on or like whatever, you know, like he that's just he's like, you you like music? Me too. <laughs> Is that a joke about our Uber driver in Pittsburgh, Jeff? No. What was our Uber? Driver? Our last they, Uber driver. Oh, was it smooth? Up? You know, yeah. the last uh, the last Uber driver I had in Michigan was like the most beautiful, melancholic piano music. So I got some yeah. very smooth jazz, <laughs> some smooth music. Yeah, maybe that's where that idea came from. I love smooth jazz. So if if I had to choose what kind of music Batman listens to, I think he's got like a ninety minute pump me up track, and he couldn't find anything that pumped him up enough, so he learned to play the instruments and has like mm. a specific <laughs> Batman metal, like. Yeah. Bruce in Garage Band, but Garage Band didn't do what he wanted, so he coded the whole thing. Like he he made a program to stitch his own stuff together in order to to listen to pump him up. He definitely banged on gar like trash can lids for like drums. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 like a lot of real heavy bass, real yeah. dr- like there's there's uh the Batmobile motor plays a big part in one of the tracks. Uh, and he records it all like he he does the recording alone. He'll he'll just have his bat pants on and then no shirt, and then he'll have the cowl yeah. and the cape on, and he's just like fucking boogie. But like he knows he needs to feel it later on. And you know, you can only feel it later on if you're feeling it when you're making it. So he is like, he is like fucking, you know, Kevin Bacon or like, you know, that guy with the song, the city where they can't dance. And then he teaches them all to dance. Footloose. He's like, he's like the main man with the hair in his fucking basement. Just like (laughs) Patrick Swayze. Just he's like, like <laughs> he says, Alfred, Alfred, I got it. I, I'm going into Thogle. And Alfred's Alfred, like, get me an SM57. My mic's damaged. I'm going into Thogle. Well, why do you have those drumsticks in your back pocket? And why are you carrying a garbage can lid? I'm going into Thogle. <laughs> I'm creating samples. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, so that's so where he uh, records his vocal samples is like he, he has all these recordings of just different screams he's done in caves. No! <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's the batman from the batman lego batman oh yes. okay yep 
Okay, I like it. I like mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Alfred, fetch me my key. <laughs> <laughs> I I always imagine that he's um I don't know my classical musicians well enough, but mm. and because he's also, you know, mm. out of touch with modern stuff that he mm-hmm. listen to some classical music that's very booming and operatic and moody. And I don't know if that'd be Amadeus, Adagio, the word Adagio is in my head, but I don't know what that means. He wishes that scherzos were scarier. What? Never mind. <laughs> well, what kind of music do you have Batman listening to? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm with Rob. I First off, I picture Batman as one of those people that has nothing playing and his house is just like painfully silent to the point <laughs> that makes everyone else uncomfortable except for him. And he would just like look at you like you were insane if you mentioned trying to like yeah unless um, it's but, a party with a string quartet right yeah yeah but he's definitely <laughs> like i just super... pictured like going over like feeling precocious enough like in his house to like go and turn on a lamp <laughs> and <just> having, like... <laughs> <laughs> but i think he's I'm definitely sorry. like the type that uh won't go to you know the operas that everyone goes to because they're or, like beethoven is he saw those He's in college. He's fine, but um, <laughs> and would pull out like a list of obscure classical p- composers, but everything Gotham is just composers. heavily deep, moody. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of opera, a lot of like baritone singers going on. Right of the Bat Valkyries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and then James says, thank you to whoever had to wade through this mess. James, that was all of us. And we loved uh, it. And we loved yeah, that, it. That was great. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. That's, that's, that is. In fact, yeah, I had a blast. Better. James Burke, we expect an email next week. Whoa. <laughs> I, I am. I want to ride the wave of gratitude for like a week or two. And then when we're uh, dry on emails, I want to be like, James, where's that email? Hey, it's James, fine. can you send me your questions ahead of time? um well you guys i think that brings us to the end of this merry road it's nice to be back yes we're back (laughs) we not do this we didn't do it last week we did it the week before no we didn't you and i did a real quick comics pro wrap-up but we haven't done a comic podcast in like three weeks (laughs) pretty wild news to me we've all clearly slept quite a bit in the last two yeah (laughs) yeah uh, what do you guys think is going to happen with Kingpin getting residence on Krakoan Island? What? What? Huh? When did that happen? At the, end of X-Men, at the end of X-Men this week, like, they're like, dude, we got to talk about something. And they're like, I don't know. It's probably fine. Like, just, I don't know. I don't want to. Anyway, because Kingpin is married to Typhoid Mary and apparently she's a mutant. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he's like, he shows up at a Krakoan gate trying to get uh, amnesty or. Oh crap! Pretty, oh, pretty funny. That's the third I didn't read. Yeah, wow. I'm liking that X Men stuff so far, which is yeah, why that's cool. we say uh, venture on gently with us into the night. I'm sure we could talk to you about a documentary or a tape that we were listening, a cassette tape that we were listening to, or any a number of things for a while. If you needed a sleep aid, we would do that. <laughs> um, Just start this over. Put the put the podcast at three quarters speed or half speed oh be yeah out in no time uh you can send us an email to jeff at the if you want to send us an email send it to jeff at the and i'm looking i check that thing like three times a day just to feel not alone not alone <laughs> you can save him james 
you can all save me. <laughs> Help me feel not alone by sending an email to Jeff at the comicsplace.com. And until next week, when we'll all be seeing you, I am always from Jeff and guys keep watching the skies. Oh. It was fun to see all you guys. Roman really, re- Roman really brought it this week. I think. <laughs> I think I'm Django. I don't have any questions to ask. And Roman did definitely bring it. He and, really brought uh, it this week. Next time, Colette, we'll, we'll hear right. about your second favorite green character. Yeah. <laughs> in 10 minutes i'm gonna have five answers for every question and they're gonna all be great and um don't quiz me on them the next time you see me no no no. everything i say on this podcast is just the first thing that came into my head i never tell the truth it's just the first thing i thought of. that's because things come into your head i hear a question and it's just crickets there's just nothing hey crickets are green green. oh yeah yeah jiminy jiminy cricket he was in a comic but once, probably. You could have sure. just said Ambush yeah. Bug, because yeah. I had said Ambush Bug. I, I just said also Ambush Bug. Also a Bronze bug. Age character. <laughs> I could have done an Ambush Bug gag instead of a Shadow Gag. God what would damn. your Ambush Gag be? Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, like you Bronze Age and... Yeah. 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 I Next thought you were like, going to do a reference to the Ambush Bug, or like an impression or something. I was like, I don't know enough about Ambush Bug to have gotten a reference. No. no I and that's Roman. You. I, I would have got it, yeah. Erwin Schwab. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Erwin Schwab versus um, Jack Ryder. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm Colette, and oh, Roman absolutely brought it this week because he he's just here stop. and like, stop. look at that. Yeah. It's because of that robe. He's robing this yeah. week. Yeah. It's yeah. always my, better when he's robing. My mm-hmm. Superman robe from Fred Meyer. <laughs> I do like robing. Uh, that's good, Django. <laughs> Thanks. I'm robing and I'm robing around. Yeah. Okay, that was a weird, strong episode that we really stopped watching the, the skies. Oh, sorry, we'll, I we'll, we'll see you next week. You get off my. T-